everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Just Like You. I am your host, Alexis Christine, and today I'm here with Ray, who is my friend, my old lash technician when I lived in London, and she is a badass female entrepreneur who is on the podcast today because she has started her own business, and it is super successful, and basically, we want to talk today a lot about how she had to work through self-worth and a lot of other mental blocks and just mental health things, toxic relationships, like all the things, the whole journey to be able to get to where she is today, where she actually is running a super successful business, living the life that she loves, the life she's always dreamed of. And I think that you guys could learn a lot from her. So hi, Ray. Hi, Alexis. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me on here. I'm so excited. Of course. Before we get into all of the work that you've had to do, like with your growth and self-worth issues and kind of that healing journey, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about like who you are, where you came from, like your background, where you grew up, all of that sort of thing. So they can get an idea of like who you are, who's talking. Yeah. So I'm a London girl. I mean, not born, but I'd say bred because I arrived when I was six months old from Bangladesh um, with my mother who didn't speak a word of English. Um, But yeah, I'd say like London's home. Um, and I, I did go to university, um, and, um, decided that law was not for me, even though I enjoyed it, I loved it, but I wanted to follow my dreams, which was start my own business, um, well, a small, medium-sized business, um, and follow my passion for lashes, um and now I just kind of do what I love um creating my craft um and meeting amazing women and um chatting while I basically <laughs> well can I call it work because I, I mean, mean yeah works work but I guess it's my hobby and my passion. Okay, so. wait. You just said that you meet so many wonderful women. Do you ever lash guys? Like, do they ever come in here needing um, lashes for drag or, like, any of that shit? Never um, someone who's claimed they're a male. Mm. Um, but, like, one person um, who had, like, a transition. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, they were really, really nice. Um they had an amazing story as well. It's oh, just amazing. I can imagine, eh? Yeah, and I just speak to so many people and like listen to their story and it's so inspiring and like yeah, it's it's just I love that. I'm so curious. I feel like every time <laughs> I came in here was like a life update, a therapy session, like gossiping, like it was just like every time. It's like a whole new world of updates. And nap, a therapy <laughs> session, <laughs> and lashes all in one, pretty much. Yeah, it was amazing. Sometimes I take a little nap. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it so good. cool. It's like a two-way therapy session. Mm. Um, but that's kind of how I, like, view your your shows as well. Like, you know, like, oh, you kind of speak about yourself, and your guests kind of speak yeah. about their story, too. So Yeah, it's like just mm. one big therapy session for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... You mentioned that you were living here with your parents. Your mom spoke not a word of English and you were you moved here when you were like six months old. So how was that growing up in London? I would say like London has a very definitive like Londoner culture. So how was it growing up here, like being immersed in that, but then also having to deal with the fact that your parents are like very, I don't want to say old school because it's not old school. It's just different culture, different beliefs. Yeah. Um. It was tough, <laughs> let's say that. But um, yeah, both of my parents grew up in a village. Um, so they had no idea about uh, a metropolitan life or cosmopolitan life, if you like, which is completely different to, to me and my upbringing. So uh, yeah, complete different worlds. I mean, my dad grew up here and my mum grew up in the village, but um yeah, so already there was, like, a massive, yeah, diff- world, different worlds being introduced. Um, and I just remember being, like, very confused as a child, you know. Like, the things my mum taught me um, were very different to what I was taught by my peers or in school. Um, so, yeah, I never quite fit in with my immediate community that I was... Um, surrounded by um which were 
South Asian girls from kind of like the same background as me, um, who also had parents who grew up in um, a village um, who often didn't speak English either. And I, their kind of ideals and beliefs for some reason didn't align with my core beliefs. Um, Did they, were all these girls kind of sticking to like what their parents' beliefs were? Or were they kind of like merging into London beliefs? See, I think everyone was on a different level. Mm. But generally, there was the community um, aspect where they kind of followed their parents' roots. And if you were to stray, you were seen as an outcast um, and kind of like frowned upon. Um, But I guess it's human behavior um, to kind of conform to your 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 groups and um, the societal conditioning societal conditioning <laughs> exactly yeah. um yeah i mean i was quite inspired by and i could relate to robert green's um robert green's book um the laws of human nature mm-hmm. um and he talks about group bias and confirmation bias um and uh, one of the laws of human nature is to to follow who you're around uh, I guess unless you're kind of self-aware you don't really you don't really criticize Mm. because you're kind of scared of the judgment and I think that kind of led me to my identity crisis and wondering who I was it's interesting you say that because I have actually heard of like the term or the saying like um, you're a reflection of like the three closest people you have around you and the way that you just said it's like he talks about how you're you form to the people that you're with it's so interesting I never like connected that to his yeah. teachings well I mean I haven't read his book but yeah exactly and yeah it's so true like the five people you hang out with you're you're the sixth person that they are pretty mm-hmm. much without even knowing it it's all very very subconscious isn't it yeah um you just pick up on things well even even i've noticed like when i <laughs> it's gonna sound so silly but, like when i talk to british people or like i'm in england i use so much more british terminology british slang like even the way that i say words sometimes people were like did you say that with an accent like it just it kind of just comes out because i'm like molding to what's around me and then when I'm at home like I speak very Toronto very Canadian and like when a little twang of British does come out people are like (laughs) you know like they're like what the heck was that and like even even talking about like if I'm talking about a house back home I'll be like oh like the apartment if I'm talking about it here I'll be like oh the flat like even though it's the exact same thing yeah they like the words change based on where I'm talking about so like we were talking about the pants thing oh yeah (laughs) so here like we like in North America like we call just like leggings sweatpants whatever like pants like I'm putting on pants and then in England underwear is pants so yeah. I was like oh like I won't, I won't get your pants in it and then I was like wait I won't get your trousers in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's interesting because like a few people that I've spoken to who um have traveled a lot from a young age usually say um they kind of pick up not even like the words but like behaviors and Mm -hmm. mannerisms and it's completely different um and I guess you can kind of get quite complacent and I think that's what happens with 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 people right they get complacent with their immediate surroundings um and they kind of attach themselves and their identity to that definitely so with with the identity crisis that you were feeling how did that show up for you like in your life like how did it affect you um i guess kind of like falling out with certain groups or not being able to be my authentic self around certain people um and yeah and i guess i it's interesting when we talk about like the mannerisms and and different areas like when you come to london when you go to canada um, and I guess I I kind of like it's interesting to think about mental illness um, 
because one of the definitions of mental illness is two parts so mental illness is being socially deviant which is the first part to um to the extent that it affects your daily activities or being dysfunctional um in your daily activities but if we look at the first part being socially deviant what does that mean it's very subjective right Mm. in canada what's being socially deviant is different to what social deviance is in london um and i think that's where it kind of stemmed from for me you know the immediate south asian community perceived me as being mentally ill for example as i wasn't conforming to their ideals and their beliefs um Mm. and i also didn't quite fit in to the british culture i mean um because I'm not British and it's not what my mum taught me, you know, like the foods that we eat um, and I didn't quite fit in there. So I kind of felt socially deviant in, in both communities or both kind of aspects. So kind of trying to figure out where I belong and where, yeah. where's home and affected my self-worth. It's, it's interesting that you you bring that up because this is just something that popped into my head as you were saying it even as like a society like as a whole for the most part of like the western world we view people who are super spiritual and like really tapped into their abilities and their intuition and their gifts or like you know believe in the energies and the frequencies and all that stuff we view them as like mentally ill or psychotic we put them in psych or like all these things because it's different to what we believe is true like they're being socially deviant when actually like i mean i'm on the woo side so fine but like that shit is real you know like and we all view them as being these fucking weirdos until we grow up and realize hey wait we're the weirdo exactly (laughs) no it's so true and i think people who kind of speak out and are aware are always criticized and always outcasted because they're not fitting into the social ideas because we've learned well unlearn the social conditioning and i guess i don't know if there's like one body who kind of wants to keep this social structure keep this social ideal um who like wants to keep that agenda but you're so right But yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, wait a second. (laughs) It is really interesting. But you're right. And it does really start to affect our self-worth because when everyone else is criticizing us and constantly putting us down or telling us what we believe, our opinions, our thoughts, our actions, whatever, aren't right or we aren't deserving of certain things because we believe or act a certain way, it makes us feel like shit and like we're worth nothing. And that's what you said that you experienced, right? Yeah, and I guess like being self-aware and being you know spiritual and working on yourself and being critical about your immediate surrounding um can come across as being socially deviant um and as you say um that's the only way you can kind of grow right to criticize or not even criticize, but analyze what's around yeah, you. Just question. And question, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, if you don't question your beliefs, do you actually really believe in what you believe? Or are you just conforming? Or are you just conforming? And I think the reason why other people get offended by you being you and your authentic self is because it attacks their identity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the self-worth things came from me having to dim my light or dim my shine so that other people could feel comfortable in their identities. Um, That actually, that happens a lot. So when it, especially like as a manifester in human design, I naturally trigger people. And a lot of times when people are triggered by you, it's because they're seeing something in you that they either reject within themselves or they're not ready to like embrace within themselves so even if it's just you being confident and being you even if your version of confident is different to what theirs would be 
they don't feel okay to be confident in themselves. So seeing someone else act that way is triggering to them. Well, I've got a confession to make. Oh God, what? <laughs> when I first <laughs> met you, I found you quite intimidating. Really? Yeah. But then oh. only like, then it switched and it was like this calming, like mm. healing energy. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like your confidence is oozing. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would never have guessed that. You I mean, yeah, um, it's not even intimidating. I think that's the wrong word, but kind of like aspiring. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't know how to do that switch, right? To kind of like find something inspirational and kind of see how you could kind of use that energy in, in for yourself instead, reject it and kind of fear it. Mm-hmm. Mm so interesting oh my gosh okay well thank you for the compliment (laughs) (laughs) so obviously now you're like some fucking badass entrepreneur woman like you've worked through all the self-worth shit and all of that so what was the journey of like stemming from the low self-worth I know there was a relationship involved up there at some point too um getting to where you are now and being able to work through all of that yeah I mean it's crazy now like I just live the life that I've envisioned it's insane and I I think I love that for you yeah and I think like you kind of this is one of your quotes like you can create your own damn reality and I never thought well I did think that I'd be here today and I am um and manifestation is so real um but I didn't it, I didn't I wasn't there yet at the time because I didn't really believe in myself mm-hmm. um and yeah I guess w- how I got to where I am now there were different versions of myself who I now don't recognize anymore and who I now grieve mm-hmm. um but I guess the catalyst was a relationship of mine um a very long-term relationship seven years and I was a a very young impressionable naive girl (laughs) at the time that's Um, when it happens that's when it happens um and before you have your kind of like spiritual awakening right before you have like your enlightenment um you're an easy target to these Especially when you have the low self-worth because then you have this belief of that you don't deserve any better. And you're on that low vibration um, which attracts other low vibrations, Mm -hmm. right? And I guess it stemmed from the whole um, not knowing my identity and and who I am which then equated to my self-worth which led me to being in this toxic relationship. And I guess... Because I didn't know where home was, and I think people think that home is external. Home is your parents' house. Your home is your new flat in, I don't know, Ibiza or whatever. <laughs> but home is actually in here. Home is yeah. you. And it, it took me until now to realise that. And I think because I didn't know where home was, I thought that my ex was my home and my comfort and I think that's such an such a volatile situation mm-hmm. not that he's a bad person um but I was very lost and I was searching for something to fill that void um so and I think a lot of people suffer from that imposter syndrome right mm-hmm. where they know that they they're meant for something else or they know that they're destined to be something or be something great but they haven't built that self-worth up yet so they kind of put themselves I don't know if you also agree in those situations in those toxic situations to avoid confronting your real self yes so this is something I've actually talked about a lot and just one thing I want to say before it leaves my brain is when you said that home's in here it reminded me of a quote I posted on a reel like I want to say three weeks ago it says you're always home remembering that you belong to yourself first and I just like as soon as you said that I was like oh my god yes this is that literally <laughs> chills on my spine yeah I, I love it um <laughs> but no I agree with exactly what you're saying because so this is something uh, if you guys 
don't know me from like way back when I started on social media, I was on a weight loss journey. I was a weight loss and fitness coach and you know, all the things. And one thing that I always found was the people have this identity of I'm trying to lose weight. And so you have the subconscious block of like, this is who I am. And then there's the scaredness of, well, if I lose the weight and I no longer holding on to this identity, like who am I? Then I have to refigure out who I am. Who is this person that has lost the weight? What are my interests? What are my hobbies? Like, how do I conduct myself? What are my, everything changes because when you're stuck to this identity of, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. It's like my hobbies are, oh, I'm watching my food. Oh, I'm going to the gym. These are the things I talk about. Maybe I'm a little shy in certain situations. And like, if I were in my dream body or whatever it was, like I would have to be confident and not be shy anymore because I have, don't have a reason to hide. And so it's obviously this is just like the weight loss lens, but it goes to everything. Like when you're in this relationship even if it's not toxic even if you've just been in a relationship for so many years you become so codependent on that person to live your life that even if you're not happy you find it's so hard to get out because you're like what is my life without this person who am I without this person and it's like you're just stuck in that codependent identity of like well this person makes me me and so without them who am I and it's scary because you do have to like rebuild yourself essentially and figure out who the fuck you actually are <laughs> yeah and it goes back to the whole you can create your own reality mm-hmm. um because you can either choose to be in a situation based on your circumstances or you can choose to actually be in the reality that you want to be and you envision um but to some people it's so scary mm-hmm. um and I think we kind of put those mental blocks on purpose um, because we think, we tell ourselves, no, I'm in this situation. Give ourselves excuses, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I was in that relationship for seven years. <laughs> yeah, because he, like, he put you through a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's true. He put me through a lot, but I allowed that and I won't blame him mm. because... I was in that victim mindset where I was blaming him um, and he's not a bad person and I think everyone has tendencies mm-hmm. to to be evil and everyone has tendencies to be a moral righteous person um, and I guess as you, you know I allowed that behavior mm-hmm. and I kind of that that was the perfect breeding ground for coercive or abusive behavior and I guess with the identity crisis and not having value in myself um and not knowing who I was it I was kind of like an easy target Mm -hmm. I guess and just so that you guys understand what she means by um I allowed it Don Miguel Ruiz in the four agreements talks about how we only allow the level of abuse that we give ourselves so I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where like you're in a toxic relationship or in a bad relationship with like an employer or like whatever it is and they're fully taking advantage of you they're treating you badly and you just allow it it's because on a subconscious level it's matching your level of self-worth or the beliefs that you have about yourself versus you meet someone and they like do something bad or something that just doesn't align with you and right away you're able to cut them off it's because that was below what your what you believe your level of self-worth is and so not to now shift the blame onto people who are like being abused and you know whatever else but you you only allow the level of abuse that you give yourself because anything more than that your your brain is like no and so that's what that's what she meant by like I quote unquote allowed it do you feel like you've ever been in a situation like that I wouldn't like I've never well actually that's a lie I have definitely been in a very toxic relationship I don't know why that flew out of my brain I was like I haven't but no no I have um yeah no there was there there was one relationship where um he got another girl pregnant and my level of self-worth was so low that I was like what can we do to make this work like uh, leaving wasn't even a thought in my brain I remember us talking yeah which yeah come on like not there's no way in hell now (laughs) that that would ever fly but I was I was overweight I wasn't confident in myself and like I don't know like this was like the one guy well not the one guy because I was still like you know um but this was like the guy that I had been with for like a year 
And it was like, I couldn't see my life without him. And again, I think that's like another issue. And this is kind of side note, but like, I don't believe that you should ever be in a relationship with someone and be so dependent on them that you can't see your life without them. I think that you should be able to see your life without them, but choose to want them in it. Because if you're looking at someone and you're like, well, fuck, what am I going to do without them? Like, I can't live. Then you're now relying on them for your survival and your happiness when that should all come from within. Yeah, it's really interesting. I can't believe you went through that, but it made you are today. But yeah, I was young. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every relationship I've had essentially has been a so reflection of my level of self-worth. Exactly. So you yeah. had a toxic relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. right? And where does that come from? And I think it comes from your inner child, right? And you... Yeah, it comes from inner child. It comes from shadow. It comes from a lot. Like, there's... When you don't have self-acceptance or self-love towards yourself, a lot of times it's because there's things in society or there's people in your life or whatever that have put these beliefs in you that you're not good enough. Like, for example, I was overweight and I hated my body. And like, yes, I was emotionally eating and I wasn't treating it well. Like I wasn't eating great foods for me. I was eating all this processed shit. But the reason why I felt like not good looking or attractive being overweight is because people were telling me like magazines online whatever it is like skinny is pretty and that's it Mm. and so that's where I grew the belief within myself of like oh I'm not pretty now or I'm not good looking or whatever like I need to cover up etc because I don't look like what I see in in the movies I think I yeah I remembered what I was going to say okay (laughs) I and I I also a lot of people don't have that right because I already have that self-worth but I think one of the reasons why you did deal with it for so long is because I think you're an overachiever just like me (laughs) yeah and I think you know strong women who or even strong men Mm. as well who um who constantly want to improve themselves always look for flaws and criticize themselves and i think we have Mm. a lot of negative talk to ourselves as an overachiever but where does that come from does that come from like wanting to please our parents wanting to please other people um and you kind of like base that self-worth onto your relationship and you kind of don't realize but subconsciously equate that relationship to how you feel about yourself because you think the more you give into it as you do with a career or as you do with growing a plant or cooking or whatever it is the more effort you put into it the more it kind of grows but I think we were channeling channeling the wrong energy Mm -hmm. and I guess the wrong frequency and vibration and channeling negative energy which grew a bigger negative situation and I guess it was it came from like that people pleasing side I don't know if you can relate with that I mean I definitely think that I have people pleasing tendencies that are tied to my self-worth because like I naturally am a nurturer like one of my main love languages is acts of service and like one of my favorite things is to like cook for people and like you know like help them with things and things where I don't feel like it's an obligation or they're expecting it of me like I'm more than happy to help and be there But I have noticed that in the relationships that were mirroring my low level of self-worth, I would people please in a way where like I wouldn't share my opinion or do things that I wanted to do or whatever it was out of fear that they would disagree and like reject me and then leave kind of thing. You know, like I wouldn't be good enough because I had like a different differing opinion or I didn't do enough for them or like whatever, whatever the situation was. So I do I do relate to that, actually. So I'm assuming you have all this insight because you went and you did the work and like healed yourself for it. So what did that look like for you? What kind of things did you do um, in terms of like actually healing your self-worth? And then I have like a question for you after. So don't let me forget when you're done with this. Like I, cause I want to remember, I don't sure. want us to get sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was quite similar to you and I was kind of like competing with all these women and mm. you know my ex was a massive womanizer great <laughs> 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 I was almost like what does she have that I don't mm. um and yeah it was on my 23rd birthday that um we finally broke up 
and I was like, no, time to put an end to this. Time to put an end to this toxic relationship with myself. Um, and that's when I wanted to start that healing journey. Many years ago, previous to this, I had gone through a transitional period um, and, and it was kind of linked with my relation, my previous relationship where, yeah, things were not going great. But I just wanted better for myself um, and I kind of gave in to, I was go, g- giving in to the dopamine hits and mm. I was giving in to um, impulsive behaviours, you know, like eating fast foods and... Mm going out raving um every freaking weekend or every day if I could but yeah um I got to the point where I was like I want to change my life you know and I think it was when I cut out all the low vibrational things in my life watching trash tv yeah and I kind of like introduced things that I loved and invested in myself um I kind of like invested in taking care of myself, you know, doing my hair, doing my nails mm. or um, having a bath, going to the spa or something. And you might, peop- people might think, oh yeah, like that's just all like, you know, blase, it's not true. But it is, you know, the more you do things for yourself, you said your love language is acts of service so do things for yourself and it it might seem like oh yeah I, I can look at myself and tell myself in the mirror I love myself but doing things for yourself is telling is your mind and soul connecting to your body and subconsciously telling your body and yourself that you love yourself and mm. and that's what I started doing it failed because <laughs> um I don't I kind of sidetrack and then like thought that my ex-boyfriend could feel that love for me um and make me feel loved um and he was very persistent which was hard um but then on my 23rd birthday I think there was enough versions of myself and evolutions and versions of myself that had died and I was very sad I was very very sad can we just backtrack for a second so all of the beginning stages of healing your self-worth where you started doing things for yourself that was before your 23rd birthday before my 23rd birthday you'd already broken up but he was he like kept coming back that's what you were referring to yeah okay yeah and I think I was growing and there were versions of myself which added to who I am now but I was very sad and depressed because I was grieving, not per se him, but me. I was mm. grieving me, the person who died. And I think on that 23rd birthday, I no longer recognised who I was because I'd I'd become a different person. Um, and that's when I started. Well, I started Eyelash Cure that many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um six years now but yeah so I think it was like a year into the toxic relationship that I started eyelash cure and I started channeling that energy into eyelash cure and Mm -hmm. a business for myself um but as I said I still hadn't loved myself enough to nurture that and I think that was like the channel for me to nurture myself Mm. Uh, but what was the question you were going to ask? Okay, me? I was going <laughs> to ask you, which you kind of segued into this, which was great. But what was your like, your aha moment of, okay, I am worthy of this business. I am worthy of succeeding. And I know that I can fucking do it. Because I think when we all start businesses, there's like that little bit of like, is this going to fail? Am I going to be okay? Whatever. And then something clicks and you're like, I can fucking do this. So what was your moment in that journey of just getting to the point in your self-worth where you knew like fuck yeah I can do this Mm, I think it goes back to the whole point of knowing my destiny so deep down I knew that I was destined to be and do something great um and do what I love but I didn't know what it was exactly but I knew it was something 
So, and I think a lot of people say, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I want to do in life. But I personally don't think that you will know. It's about creating what you want to do in life. It's about creating your passion, creating the life that you want to live. And as I say, manifestation is freaking real. Mm -hmm. Create a vision board. And that's what I was doing. I was, as I say, like... I no longer wanted to live that life. I can't remember exactly what the breaking point was. Um, I guess it was a lot got to do with family, upbringing and things like that. Um, But I invested in myself and explored different parts of myself, which led me to realise that I love lashes and I love lashing. And I was like, this is what I love. This is what I want to nurture. This is what I want to grow. Um... Uh, and I don't know if you've heard of ikage. It's a Japanese phrase. It's kind of like a, I don't know if I'm using the right term, Venn diagram. Okay. Um, I'll show you after. But um, yeah, it it kind of links your career, what you love doing in life, what you desire. Oh my God, wait, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. And they like overlap and it's like something you love doing, something you can make money from and like some, some way you help others or whatever and it's like the thing in the middle it's like your purpose exactly yes okay I've seen it yeah <laughs> so it was this whole like methodology methodology like methodology methodology that's it um, I'm guessing too I don't know <laughs> yeah so I kind of like explored like different things and tried out different things and then realized this is what I want to do um and at first it was freaking scary and I was really scared worried that people be like she's going to fail she's going to like crash and burn Mm. but um and I did I did I'll be honest it wasn't a smooth sailing um journey it wasn't I was terrible at lashing (laughs) when I first started um but every single day I improve um and I think that's what it's about kind of the fear of yourself and the limiting beliefs that you put on yourself and the negative talk yeah I also think when when you're nervous about like people judging you and whatever else I think that's also a projection for the judgment that you have on yourself so when when you're thinking like oh what will others say it's like well actually what about this am I not accepting within myself that I'm thinking others are gonna judge so like especially when it comes to the spirituality stuff like they're I'm like tapping into light language now and I'm fine to do it with my friends who also can do light language. But then talking, like thinking about posting it is kind of like, well, are people going to judge me now if I'm like posting light language? Are they going to think I'm weird? But that's because there's part of me inside that I'm like, I'm still getting used to this. This is a, still a new thing for me. And like seeing it in other people, I'm like, that's so freaking cool. But then doing it within myself, I'm almost like, well, am I making this up? Or is this like a real thing that's happening? And if it's a real thing that's happening, like, you know because the way society has made us think like in my brain I'm like whoa this is fucking wild and so those judgments that I have on myself for like expressing the light language and tapping into it are what I'm assuming other people will judge when they see it Mm. and I think it's that light language kind of channeling into your your real self Mm. and your authentic self it channels it comes from your soul like it's your soul language essentially and I think we when we're like as we said before our authentic self it's so bright that people who are not shining see that as too bright and intimidating so again we want to dim that light Mm. to make others shine but you know i guess you have that healing energy in, in the aspect that you want to like give that light out to to let others yeah well so what I've learned actually on this journey because that that is it like there there's been so many times in my life where I've like held back my personality or things I wanted to say because I was fearing that I was being too much or like I didn't want to overshadow or you know any of the things and what I've learned is that actually by you standing in your power and being your authentic self and being fully embodied it gives other people the permission to do them say the same for themselves exactly yeah yeah and some people don't want to are not or are not there yet mm-hmm. which is totally fine yeah no judgments we're all on our own journey <laughs> exactly but for those who want to it will be so so 
helpful for them and mm-hmm. I'm sure like very like healing for them and yeah yeah um and something that I I wanted to say when you were talking about purpose but then we just kind of segued um so just jumping back for a second I do want to emphasize that I right now in my coaching help people activate their soul purpose journey and figure out what their purpose is why they're here etc and I just want to shed some light on it's not one thing that you do that gives you your purpose it's a way of being so for example I like my purpose is to help people reconnect to themselves figure out who they are authentically reconnect to their soul and in everything I've done that has been not corporate related (laughs) that's what I've done so whether it was helping people with their weight loss journey it was always reconnecting them back to themselves and their why and like why do they want to lose the weight what's important to them like what does it mean to you to be this healthy person reconnecting them completely back to themselves and then when it was the neural reprogramming and the shadow work and the manifestation again I'm like taking away all the societal conditioning re like figuring out who you are as your authentic being so you can accept your shadows heal all of the inner child programming clear all of the limiting beliefs that were put on you and be able to manifest your dream life because you don't have blocks and now it's like I'm doing spiritual coaching because this is just how my journey has evolved. But again, I'm like helping people wake the fuck up, realize who they are. Like what starseed origin do you come from? Where is your soul from? What's your soul purpose? Like reactivating and again, just in a different way, connecting people back to themselves. So it doesn't like you don't have to pick one thing. Like I what I get from you, like with what you do with the lashes is you're helping people feel like good about themselves again. You're helping them build their self-worth and their self-love because they're able to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, I like what I see. Like, that's what I get from you. Like, your purpose isn't to do lashes. It's deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so amazing that you do have this healing energy. And I think that's where manifestation kind of rolls into because people think, I need to become this or people Mm. think I need to be this or they might not even know what they need to become but the truth is it starts now and that's that's actually the secret to manifestation yeah that you believe you are he she her him (laughs) now yeah Yeah. and kind of existing and yeah like you might want to be you know a specific person like living in the country that you want to live in or earning the money that you want to earn um but if you start thinking on that mind of who you want to be eventually you will be on that vibration which will lead you to there Mm. and I guess that's that's kind of what you teach right yeah I mean when I so when I did do the manifestation coaching I talked Mm. a lot about that it's basically if you're if you're in the mindset of I want this and like I need to get to this then you're going to be in the the vibration of like getting that thing like you're always going to be on the journey you're never going to be there but if you embody the vibration of I am this person I already have this but then at the same time showing gratitude for where you're at now instead of resenting it and feeling like you're lacking something that's where the real magic happens scarcity and abundance because then you're living as that person you're not living as the person who's getting it's the same thing with the losing weight I am someone who is on a weight loss journey like I am losing weight or embodying the fact that like I am a person who's lost weight like I am this person I go to the gym this is my life like this is me I have lost the weight. I'm seeing the results. Yeah. I am me now. I choose from today to be this person. Yeah. Mm. All about vibration. Yeah. Receiving Mm -hmm. mode, Abraham Hicks. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Is there anything else that you wanted to add today? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I just feel so, so aligned. Um, and, I feel so excited and so much more to give and Mm. I guess as you say it's more than than just lashing um it's kind of making someone feel good about themselves Mm -hmm. and making an impact um and yeah and I feel as though this journey is never ending this journey Mm. of discovering who I am and 
think we discussed this previously about settling down. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you set, like, and I think I'm quite afraid to settle down, and I think that's where I've got to in life, but um, it doesn't mean it's permanent, um, and we're always improving. Um, But, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I just want to inspire as many people women mm-hmm. as possible um and same goes to you right yeah yeah just want to help as many people as i can on their journey yeah yeah i will say um like when i don't have lashes i almost feel like i'm not human like now i just do the lift and tint because i'm traveling around so much that extensions just don't make sense they look great i mean Thank your eyes you. are popping these are my natural <laughs> lashes um but yeah, like I like when I got these back done, I was like, oh my God, I feel like a human again. Like there's just something about having lashes on my face that make me feel so good. And again, it goes back to the self-worth of like doing things for yourself. Because when I'm living in my tropical climates, like I don't do shit, to be honest. Like I do nothing to my face because makeup sweats off. I do nothing to my hair because it's so humid anyways. Like and to, if I'm home all day, I'm just in gym clothes. And it's it comes to the point where like it's not something that's superficial in terms of like oh you need to be done up all the time but when you actually take the time to like dress up cute or like have your lashes done or paint your nails like it's really for yourself because it's just like oh like this is fun like I feel good like this you know like I'm doing I'm giving myself like a little treat yeah and yeah that's how I felt whenever I got lashes I was like yay (laughs) I think it like a lot of people kind of carry shame and guilt right mm. and it comes from a scarcity mindset and I think I I kind of tuned into one of your f- very first uh, podcasts about your upbringing and your relationship with food right yeah um and um how like you were kind of taught to have everything on your plate and that scarcity mindset mm. and I think we're kind of told to like like not indulge in um things that you like and like that then transpires into you not investing in yourself but i think there's a real beauty behind taking care of yourself equating to your self-worth which then leads you to live the life of abundance and the life that you envisioned Um, and we should stop looking at it in terms of a negative way or a guiltful or shameful thing and instead seeing it as an exchange of of um energies and kind of taking that energy and being on that that frequency and that vibration that high vibration i love that okay i have a few closing questions for you but before we do that do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and how they can come i was going to say work with you but i guess yeah, I mean, really if you um, want to become a lash technician, um, hit me up on Instagram. It's eyelash cure artistry. Um, and if you are in London mm-hmm. or in Shoreditch, um, pop by. Um, you can message me on eyelash cure to book an appointment for some self care and self love. <laughs> and she is fucking great at lashes. Like she was my my one lash lady in London that I actually went to consistently. So. I will say you do a great job. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. As okay. Always. Closing questions. Who is someone that inspires you today? Someone who inspires me today. Today as in like this day and age, not necessarily this specific day. <laughs> mm, interesting question. My mom. Oh, I love that. Why? Yeah. My mom she has a lot of healing to do (laughs) she does but she she's a very strong woman she is she's endured a lot um but yeah um she gave me a lot of harsh love growing up um but I wouldn't be the girl I am the overachiever that I am and wouldn't have gone through the toxic relationship and all the past versions of myself to then be who I am today. So my mom. Yeah. I love that. Even even with the harsh love and even like when we are in those toxic relationships and whatever else, the way that the people treat us is to their own level of like healing and understanding. And so they're always acting out of their own trauma. So 
I mean, I know that you said that he, like, with your ex, he's, like, a great guy and you don't take anything personally. I think that's great because it is, like, every time I was in a relationship where I was treated badly, I could see that where it was coming from, the traumas, like, that they had and how they were projecting it out. And even with my mom, like, my mom and I haven't had the best relationship over the years, but as soon as I started doing my, like, inner child healing and my shadow work, I saw all of the shadows from, like, her life and my grandparents' life and saw how it was passed down into how I was raised. And I think, yeah, and I think that's what's amazing about Reiki healing, right? That you let go Mm. of those resentments towards people, situations that made you feel a certain way and kind of understanding, not justifying, but understanding Mm -hmm. their traumatic experience exactly and viewing it with empathy rather than hatred and resentment exactly yeah yeah. and there's a difference between empathy and sympathy right Mm -hmm. and compassion and um i think that's what makes you youthful and like doing things like reiki or do things like lashing or whatever you like and investing in yourself makes you stay youthful because when you start to become bitter and that's what happened to me i was Mm. holding on to so much resentment and when i did my healing journey i let go of that and that's what kind of keeps you curious and keeps you energetic and on that high vibrate vibration right yeah definitely i love that (laughs) um okay second question what is one thing that you learned this week oh this week oh i've learned so many things this week (laughs) Um, I've learned to laugh. <laughs> Love <laughs> as that. weird as that sounds, <laughs> um, like kind of like being an overachiever, um, overachiever, and being like the eldest girl in my family. And I've always been like over serious and like career driven, but I want to tap into like living, and I think laughing is part of that. Um, yeah, yeah, and like just like embracing life for what it is amazing okay and then last question do you have a final message for anyone out there who is going through a similar situation that you were in or is looking to start their own business or is also feeling isolated like all encompassing for for everything that you shared you can create your own damn reality (laughs) (laughs) no honestly you really can um yeah it's a lot of work and you can only do it if you want to and -hmm. if you really believe you want to um but your destination is real if you make it yeah and you can create your own passion yeah that's my message i love that okay well thank you so much for being here today this was great thank you so much for having me it was such a beautiful chat I love it. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. I hope that you got some learning and some growth out of it and that you took away something valuable. I hope you have the most amazing rest of your day coming from two people just like you.